are recording. We are recording. Hi, Samantha. Hello. Hi. At the beginning of every episode now, because in our failed attempt to record just mere moments ago, I asked if she was okay. She's like, like I'm singing, having a jolly good time. Samantha just deadpan. Are you okay? <laughs> are you sure you're all right? <laughs> you're, you're sounding a little manic right now. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just happy to be talking to you. I'm sorry. Oh, well, that's f- fair enough. <laughs> I'm so, I'm, also, we have a snack time coming, and I'm a, maybe a yes. little too excited. Snacks with stack. Okay, but first, we have a couple updates. One is that we recently got some feedback from a patron that left, <laughs> and the feedback <laughs> was that we got boring. <laughs> so I would like all of our present patrons that have stuck with us you will eventually be getting a sticker of our logo with got boring stamped on it in red (laughs) to thank you for sticking with us. So those are ordered. I don't know when I'll get them out, but every, everybody, every level, if you've given us money, if you're a current patron, you'll be getting one of these stickers. So just, you know, so funny. If you're not like that familiar with the back end of Patreon, when people cancel their pledges, they can leave a comment uh, most people, I feel like, don't leave comments, um, and you can you can I think you can choose a reason from like a drop down menu, and then you can leave a comment. Yes, and I think yes. most people are like, my financial situation changed or whatever other reason. Don't give a comment. Fine, you know, I understand in this economy, right? I can't be giving money to yeah, One Solved yeah. Mysteries rewatch podcast. I get it. Totally fair. More <laughs> than fair. But this person just said other got bored. <laughs> and, for, and, for, and honestly, I all I don't. I try not to look at those super often because I don't want to worry about it too much. But just every so often, it like gets the best of me, and I'm like, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta know. <laughs> and then my fear, of course, is that I've like put my foot in my mouth and I've said something like truly terrible that I need to like atone for, and I'm gonna feel like so bad. We're gonna finally be canceled. The day is gonna come. Yeah, exactly. So just to see that I just got boring. I was like, oh, what a relief. <laughs> So <laughs> we know we're bored. We're boring yeah. already. I'm not okay. sure. Not boring. I, I, not... May- I was like, sure, maybe yeah, whatever. But for some reason, it just strikes me as really funny. And of course, you know, most of our listeners are such sweetie pies that when I posted this, everybody was like really defensive. It was like, how dare this person? How we're dare we're laughing our asses off. That's the yeah. funniest thing. <laughs> I feel like that person wanted to be rated zero out of five Robert Stacks, but I can't do it. I was too amused. You get a two. Two out of five. <laughs> And you already gave us money, and we appreciate that money. It's keeping the boring show going. I mean, really, they're the sucker because they gave us. I don't <laughs> know how choo. much. Yeah, the trade. <laughs> the trade keeps rolling in part because of them. So, yeah. Um, my other update is that we have a new line of Barbie core merch. Hell that yeah! Says solve mysteries, bitches in Barbie font, which don't come for me, Mattel. Oh my god, it's not in Barbie font. It's inspired by a different doll that is pink sometimes and it's um, uh doll yeah pink it's doll font i don't even pink, know yeah yeah exactly and um you can get that on t-shirts and sweatshirts and black tank tops of course arden and uh also now we have new items steel water bottle which i think looks so cute it looks really good on the water bottle i gotta say and the pennant is perhaps the most popular item and i think i need one it looks really cute on the mint green or maybe the purple yeah. solve mysteries bitches don't you want that hanging up in your house i do actually i could have it in the back <laughs> of my like zoom like, oh my god my that'd be zoom. so good 
So, um, if you need, you know, any such items, Chris, uh, if, you know, you're looking for a Christmas gift. Yeah, depending on where you are, check that shipping. They are made to order, but if, if you ordered like right now, I think you'd be fine. But just yeah. check when it's going to say it's going to come. Um, what was going to say? Oh yeah, so it's perhaps it's you.com. Go to merch. That'll take you to the shop. And then you can see all of our cute new items. And I'm working on getting us some spooky train day items. So it should be coming in the approximate near future. Heck yeah. You're going to want to get that as a Christmas gift for yourself. <laughs> yeah, that might be after Christmas. So you can just be like, that can be a gift to yourself to brace the new year. <laughs> yeah. Start the new year off yeah, right. With some spooky <laughs> train day. Merch. Yeah, exactly. But um, oh, I, I love I love the Solve Mysteries pitches. It's so cute. It's so I good. Should, uh, Oh, great 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 stuff um did we have any other updates yes i want to give an update at the very end of our last episode we made some bold claims about this show on netflix oh right Easy Bake, and we, we were did, wrong we did not know we were talking. okay to be fair we were going with how they pitched the show which is deceptive. I'm going to say yeah. it's deceptive. Yeah. So we recorded it in person la that last episode. And when we were done, we decided to immediately try and watch this show. And I'm going to say it's really bad. <laughs> it's called Easy Bake Bake Off or something. And I was assuming that you had to use the Easy Bake Oven to make the food. Uh, no. I have a theory. It's, it's just a fucking cooking show. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. They try. I think make... so. Okay. I have a theory that they originally tried to use easy bake ovens or maybe a giant size easy, like a light bulb or something and it didn't work and they had to like change their format <laughs> i th yeah i agree i think that uh, this is honestly what i think happened trixie mattel has done a series of videos where she makes things in easy bake ovens and they've been like you know they've gotten a ton of views so someone at netflix saw that they already hired trixie and katya to like watch stuff for them right Yep. And they were like, oh, we should do a show where we have people cook things in Easy Bake Ovens. Well, Trixie's just like making cakes and like the stuff that's supposed to go in the Easy Bake Ovens. <laughs> I don't know that you can do like actual competitive, like maybe how you decorated them or something. I don't know. I think they tried to do that. And yeah, it just flopped. It was it was it's like all the cakes looked bad or it was just like you could only make it's a tiny little thing you can just like slide in the yeah it's not good and like the format of the show the reason why i think this they originally were going to use easy bake ovens is because the format of the show is they have two challenges the first one is like an easy quote unquote like challenge where they have to make something fast or something whatever um and then the second like main challenge, the elimination challenge or whatever, they have to use what they they call, I forget the exact wording they use. It's like a inspired by an easy bake oven or something, but they don't explain, oven. they do not explain how this oven is inspired <laughs> by the easy bake. It's just an oven. I'm pretty sure this I don't is, think they, they don't explain it. Temp, but I'm that might be it. I think that the oven turns on and stays on for a set period of time. I forgot how long, like 45 minutes or something. And then it's at one temperature and you can't control it. I think that is, but they do not explain this at all. No. It, it appears it, like a normal oven. It looks exactly like a normal oven, except yeah, they just can put they kind of there. put a like know. logo on these sliding doors that, oh, it's so, it makes yeah, no it's sense. shaped like the, the no outside sense. is like shaped like an easy big. I don't, it's extremely stupid. Um, the very first episode, 
they have their first challenge was they had to what was it they had to make a midnight snack you had to make some the idea was like you're hungover it's late at night or maybe not you're hungover whatever you're like about to go to bed you've been drinking it's like midnight make an easy meal and then people were making like fucking sauces and shit and i was like (laughs) you've got to be kidding me and samantha was like yeah in this situation you eat shredded cheese out of the bag over your sink and you know that she's right everybody you're not like frying shit you're not putting things in a wonton wrapper the moment a block of cheese and a grater came out i was like i'm sorry this is unrealistic (laughs) i would have been the bitch that just like sat there filed my nails for the 35 minutes or whatever and then yeah just walked up to that handsome guy from queer eye and was with a bag of cheese and was like this is what you do well you could have easily won the challenge because you get a bonus if you finish first so you could have just gone (laughs) to the fridge took out a bag of shredded cheese put it on the counter hit your i'm done button and i'm done yeah this is my this is my midnight snack what you're over there making homemade wontons it's called peanut butter and a spoon bitch give me my points (laughs) maybe you open up a bag of chocolate chips if you're feeling fancy and you (laughs) dip the chocolate the peanut butter cover spoon in the bag of chocolate chips sounds great yeah Yeah. you take like a banana you smear some peanut butter you maybe drizzle a little honey on there you're good go to bed go to bed (laughs) we watched two episodes in the second episode they had to it was like a date night theme and they had to make like a quick like your dates at the door or whatever you have to throw something together one guy made like fucking oysters yeah you don't even have to cook that (laughs) but also like you have to be prepared you don't just like have fucking fresh oysters on hand you have to be prepared that's not like oh let me throw something together fresh oysters i haven't watched past literally live in the sea this is like king titan he's like oh i have the snack right here what are you talking about what are you talking about it makes no sense the also the woman that keeps winning i mean we've watched two episodes i don't know that i'm gonna watch anymore but the woman who won the first two episodes made a she called it a casserole it was literally breaded chicken breasts (laughs) this bothered samantha so much we are a side of roasted broccoli that she called that a casserole I'm sorry. I know there's the casserole versus hot dish debate. This is this is not that. This is the fact that that is in no way, no place on earth is that a casserole. I love how much this. But you're right. I mean, you're right. She just said that she cooked it all in one pan, but that's not. No, no that's a one pan meal. That's not a casserole. <laughs> also, this woman keeps winning despite the fact that she's making the most white people food you've ever seen it in your life. It looks like it has. Doesn't even look like it has salt on it. Frankly. It looks, it's very, it's really the epitome of like, what's that magazine they sell online from the grocery store that's like Women's World or something? Okay, there's this like papery magazine that is always about weight loss, but also has pictures of elaborate cakes on it. Yes, I don't, I it's don't just know like, what it's called, but I know exactly what it's called like gaslighting the magazine or something <laughs> because it's all about like weird stupid tricks to lose weight that you shouldn't do while showing you like very high calorie food but yeah. i feel like there if you made the recipes that were in that i feel like it would be this woman's food yeah. and i, I mean, mean look, that i can't cook like i make no, I white, white people tacos all the time but i'm not going on a cooking show <laughs> winning with my like yeah packet of taco seasoning and ground beef like that's not (laughs) yeah it's i can't i cannot recommend it 
I cannot and I no, it's really bad and it's it's honestly a travesty that they call it inspired by an easy bake oven are you kidding me that makes that mean what does that mean I mean nothing they cook your food with a light bulb or get out <laughs> they should have at least given them like toaster ovens or something if the yeah. easy baked oven thing didn't work you can cook a lot in a toaster <laughs> They should be grilling a che- uh, grilled cheese with an iron like you would in college. Yes. Make, yeah, make, make, like make the best grilled with cheese. A, with a coffee percolator. Oh, so gross. Okay, yeah. So we that gets an unrecommendation for us. We know yes. you've been waiting these past three weeks to find out if you should watch that show. Oh, on I, the edge of their <laughs> I, I should apologize that we didn't have a new episode last week. Our our fortnightly schedule was thrown off. I've been under the weather. Maybe my voice still sounds a little bit weird, but I opted to not record last week because I had zero energy and I feel like I would have sounded like this. <laughs> I'd have to wake Liz up halfway through the recording. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm very excited because we have a snacks with snacks yes. segment. Of course, we were at the Marshalls at the Harbor Mall <laughs> and we saw these jelly bellies. There is holiday favorites box. I'm very and... excited. Also, I appreciate that this box of Jelly Bellies has them separated by flavor. Yeah, so, so I don't have to rummage through. That's the eleganza for you. Yeah, that's how you know this is like a nice holiday present. Um, I just have to throw in. So, okay, I feel like on this podcast a lot, I bring up me and Samantha going to the Harmar Mall. Which, if you're not in the area, look, it's my favorite mall. It's also a fucking dump. <laughs> <laughs> it really is it's more like a strip mall that just happens to have a little bit of indoor area and since the pandemic all the shops that were just on the inside have closed all the big stores are still there but it it is a little eerie and now the like home goods won't let you even like exit into the mall part you have to like go all the way outside it's so weird so also so inconvenient because if you're at Carmar, you're obviously going to marshall's home goods and Michaels and Michaels and they're kind of far away from each other and so you have to go like all the way around the whole freaking mall practically yeah it's so odd but um recently there was a like wide text alert that went out to tell people that there was a killer in the vicinity of the Harmar mall and to be uh, you know on the lookout I guess apparently it went out to way more people than it was supposed to I don't really know they that um but the point is that i was informed of this by samantha and i was literally on my way there <laughs> and i was like oh should i not go like is this what's happening and mac of course was just like well isn't there always a killer on the loose i was like okay well thank you thank you for being so concerned with my safety anyway i was telling this story at a dinner and um a friend of my brother's who i don't know if they're listening hopefully not just goes i've never heard anyone talk about the harmar mall as much as you and i'm obsessed with this comment and i i want that on a shirt this is such a niche story i love it so much i don't care i don't care people that are not in the area how many stories do i have to hear about la traffic how many stories do I have to hear about how the, the the New York subway is broken again and you can't get on the such and such line? This okay. is not a dig. I love talking okay. about the Harmar Mall. I, this, a similar comment will be levied against me someday because I'm always talking about the Harmar Mall, which, Honestly. yes, is a huge dump. And also down the street from a normal mall. No, fuck that mall. I want to go to Harmar. I want to get sushi. And then I want to walk okay, through yes, Home Goods has- and Marshall's. <laughs> 
it's our favorite because it has all you can eat sushi, which is pretty delicious. And after you gorge yourself, you can wander over to the Marshalls and Home Goods and smell out the candles. And it's a really good time. But anyway, the dig of someone saying, I've never heard anyone talk about the Harmar Mall as much as you. I might put on my gravestone. I love it so much. But it, it just occurred to me that I was like, well, here I am once again. Okay. Now we are going to try these Jelly Belly flavors brought to you by the Harmar Mall. <laughs> Do they pay us? No, but they should. Could you imagine if the Harmar Mall sponsored this podcast? I will Also, there used to be. It's thrilled. closed now. RIP the, the Hallmark store in Hallmark. But that's where we used to go buy our Beanie Babies. Oh, no. So, yeah. They always had good Halloween clearance. Yes. Anyway. I guess that wasn't keeping them open. But the, the, the flavors we have to sample today are hot chocolate, eggnog, pumpkin pie, candy cane, and cranberry sauce. I am most interested in trying cranberry sauce. Okay, I am too. I am. So let's do that one last. Candy cane. Oh, you want to do that one last? I was going to save candy cane for last so that the mint didn't spoil my oh, palate. You're so right. Okay, we'll start with hot chocolate. Okay, this tastes totally standard. I don't really like it. Tastes like a hot chocolate jelly belly. I mean, a chocolate jelly belly. I don't know what's hot about it. <laughs> yeah, it's not hot. It just tastes like cheap chocolate. I'm not really enthused. I don't know what it really what I expected. Maybe like a hint of marshmallow, but no. Oh, that would have been good. Okay. Now I got to cleanse my palate <laughs> for eggnog. I'm afraid for this one. I got to say, I like eggnog. Oh, it just really fucking tastes like eggnog. Wow, it really does. Okay, this is amazing. You get that like nutmeggy taste. Mm-hmm. I don't. If you like eggnog, you will like this. Travis is gonna love these. It's good. I like it a lot. Wow, that tastes like an explosion of eggnog in one little bite. I don't know how many of them I could eat, but it's really good. It's yeah, very sweet. Good. Very sweet. Okay, pumpkin pie. This one tastes like a candle smells. Yeah. This is a mess. It tastes like I just had there a mouthful be, of potpourri. There should be more, I feel like. I don't understand. This is a confusing flavor. It just kind of tastes like spices. Like I'm not getting any pumpkin. I'm not getting any pumpkin. I'm not getting any crust. It's like the foam on top of a pumpkin spice latte. Mm. Or maybe like the pumpkin spice syrup. Yeah, no, not into it. Okay. Now, cranberry sauce. This is the one I'm most interested in. Oh, that is yeah. good. That's really nice. It's a tiny bit tart. Mm. It does taste like cranberry, not just like generic red berry. Yeah, that's my good. favorite by far. I want to eat all. I wish this whole thing was cranberry sauce. Okay, yeah. peppermint or candy cane. I'm assuming this is very standard. Yeah. But it is cute. It's pink. It's like speckled. I don't know. Oh, wait. Oh. It's very strong. That's so minty. And it's very it's very clearly peppermint. Yeah, that's nice, actually. It really does taste like taking a bite out of a candy cane. Like, I feel like the amount of peppermint extract or whatever is perfect. Yeah. Okay, I think if you see this box, it's worth getting. Um, though I do feel like the hot chocolate and pumpkin pie are kind of duds. They're a little bit duds, but... Um, the other ones are so good, though. 
if when as you go through like eating them all together i think is a nice like flavor experience <laughs> yeah it's a little journey yeah if it was like definitely would not be worth it to get just the hot chocolate ones or just the pumpkin ones but no having them all together it's a cute and, little thing um, where can i get a whole bowl full of this cranberry sauce i know <laughs> jelly bellies we'll have to keep an eye out at the harmar mall not yep. sponsored okay <laughs> today we're going to be talking about we are in season seven and we have been for a really long ass time and that still blows my mind but today we are talking about episode 18, 18. and samantha goes first today and she gets to talk about her favorite subject <sighs> the, the power, power of prayer, prayer. <laughs> this oh my god this mystery <laughs> I really wrote this down. This is my only notes for this entire segment. There was a double blind study on prayer. Three question marks. Okay. Was there though? Was there? I don't know. And, and this then I man wrote... with this poofy hair is <laughs> I, suspect to me. I realize he's a doctor. I don't know. He can still be suspect. There's very suspect doctors. I also wrote down Dan's you know mustache right. plus mullet plus turtleneck equals ski school. He just has a very ski school. Ski school, right? Yeah, I I actually wrote down. I have a note about his turtleneck as well, so that's stood out to me. <laughs> he must be only here, and... only here. On perhaps it's you. I have a note you... about his turtleneck as well. Could you imagine wearing a turtleneck with a sweater over it and being filmed under those okay. lights? Oh yeah, that guy's hot as hell. I was gonna say this was just like a normal everyday look that, that you thought was timeless and would never age back in the day. I mean, the yeah, turtleneck, fine, but he was. I bet he was so sweaty. <laughs> yeah, he probably stank. Yeah. Um. Full transparency. I took basically that was like my only note that I took about this case. I'm reading off the Unsolved Mysteries wiki because I going. do not care about the power <laughs> of prayer. This is not a mystery. I mean, pray fine. That's that's okay. I don't think this is really a mystery. I don't know. Yeah, it's more. It's much more of like a personal thing. I would say whether, you know, however you decide to communicate with the divine or yourself or the universe is we have why is robert stack involved in that is my question i don't know i don't know but robert stack does start out with a with a with a poem i think a nice quote about the power of prayer and talking about how um in good times most of us maybe don't pray as much as we should but as soon as someone gets sick then suddenly we start to pray and what do you think robert stack would pray about do you think he maybe prayed? he wants more boats? <laughs> more luscious babes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I hope His I hope we don't score. I don't know. I hope we don't start filming before eleven AM. I don't want to get up. <laughs> Please God. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. Okay, so we have two examples of the power of prayer. Um, the first one is Kathleen Bernhardt. Um, she in 1991, um, she had like a troubling sonogram uh situation. I don't, I don't know. Was this a a mammogram? I'm not really sure. But she had like a routine breast exam, or maybe she felt a lump. That's not explained. And they found what they thought was breast cancer. So she, this was at the the end of the week or whatever. She was directed to come back on Monday to have a biopsy and a possible mastectomy. Um, so she tells us that she was really frightened because she had two friends who had died of breast cancer at very, Ugh. very young. Oh, that's which terrible. Is horrible. And I can imagine how you would panic um, if you've had that experience of seeing a friend die, let alone two, of breast cancer at a young age. I think she was very young. She was um, 42 at that point, uh, at, at this time. 
So it, it frightened her. And she was determined that she was not going to have, she wasn't going to have a biopsy and she wasn't going to have uh, a mastectomy. She was not going to have cancer by Monday. So she prayed all weekend. She fasted and drank fruit juice. I don't know. Um, <laughs> all weekend. <laughs> um she wanted a miracle um okay does anybody remember this like hollywood diet they used to sell at like walgreens or whatever that was literally just juice it was like the <laughs> the quick hollywood diet and it was like some sugar water you was like drink you just this. drink juice it was like drink this instead of eating and you're like yeah no shit <laughs> like if you're if you're if you're malnutrition guess what yeah you're gonna lose weight anyway um well that's apparently what, that's, that's what this reminded me of she was like i'll just do that i'll just drink juice i don't know robert stack said that she had like read about meditation she like read up about it and so she decided to try it i don't know so um she I does like she literally tries it one weekend masters it she's like the fucking buddha apparently she, she prayed said- all weekend <laughs> she prayed one weekend and she mastered it yeah i don't know so Come Monday morning, she had like another exam, another more pic. I don't know if the, again, I don't know if this was a mammogram or like they call it okay, a sonogram so- in the unsolved yeah. mysteries. But this new image showed no lump, and she ex- explains that both the nurse and the doctors they were all like um, blown. They were all like very confused about why this lump had disappeared, and they wanted to have her to have a biopsy anyway. And she was like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm healed. Peace out." And she left. Um, you, know you guys don't understand. I spent the weekend drinking juice. I don't need a pop. <laughs> I don't need a biopsy. Bye. I. This is the whole story. She says that she was miraculously healed. I want to point out that she was never diagnosed with anything. So I'm not sure you could call this a healing. There was a, she was uh, asked to come in for a follow. There was like an a, a shadow or a speck or whatever on her image, and she was asked to come in Monday for a follow up. And when they did the follow up, it turns out there was actually nothing. People I, have biopsies all the time of things that turn out to be benign. I don't. She was not diagnosed with cancer. This is not. She was not. He, I don't know that you can say that she was healed when we don't even know if she had cancer to begin with. I'm glad that it turned out to be nothing. But also, particularly back then, those images were not so great. And there was stuff that turned out to be nothing all the time. It was like a people fingerprint be, or a yeah, piece people, of dust or whatever. Like, it, it was probably always literally nothing. And I'm sure that weekend was absolute hell of waiting to find out what that was. And I'm glad yeah. it turned out to be nothing. I do not think it is because she prayed and drank juice. But that's just me. <laughs> I don't think so either. I don't want to minimize that this could have been a traumatic experience for her. Probably was that praying. She says it made her feel peaceful and calm. Great. And that's that's great. All that is good. She was not diagnosed with anything. Lumps in your breast also can come and go. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. What it it could have been anything, but it certainly wasn't cancer. She's alive and well. It doesn't seem like she ever had anything come up in the related to that. Uh, this just makes me think of that beyond belief we talked about with the phrenology head right (laughs) yes actually i thought about that too is that where they got do you think that's where they got that story i don't know unsolved mysteries people could also be bad at their jobs like i don't know did someone just not do a good job taking the pictures or interpreting it i mean is this in the early 90s that technology is not that great i feel like there's false things now but particularly then yeah, who I don't know. know. Who knows? Yeah, so that's our first story. I guess she was healed by the power of prayer. So good for her. We're who just knows? jealous. 
the next one about Eric Donowski. So at 11, at just 11 months old, um, he became very ill after receiving a liver transplant. So he had some sort of, uh, I, I don't know what, what, but he had had one liver transplant that failed. He got a second liver transplant and he became sick with a, a virus is what they, they're saying in the, um, uh, I don't know, the whatever, uh, reenactment. And obviously, 11 months old, he's on his second liver transplant. I can't imagine a normal 11-month-old, a healthy 11-month-old has much of an immune system, let alone one that right. is ha- having a liver transplant. I think they have to suppress your immune system also to like make, sh- make it so your body yeah. doesn't reject it. Right. So right. A, a virus in this patient is obviously... Uh, very concerning and really not a good thing. Um, and transplant surgeon Tom Starzl uh, was concerned because uh, his body had rejected the first liver. So now he's going through the second transplant. He has viral pneumonia um, and everyone is fearing the worst. Um, it's not looking good uh, for little Eric. His parents decided that they were going to pray for a miracle. Um, the surgeon had told them that you should prepare yourself in the next 24 hours, basically. Like, that's how dire it was looking to the doctors. Um, His mother that night contacted a journalist um, who published a story asking readers to pray for the young boy. I would like Um, to point out that this was on the fucking front page of the paper. (laughs) Of the eerie daily times. This was above the fold. This yeah, was the this... front page. And Mac was like, wow, wasn't a lot of news that day. And then he literally Googled that date and he was like, you know what? There really wasn't a lot going on. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> he was like, no, it really was a slow news day. Okay. Okay. Well, that's fine. <laughs> fine fair enough. I guess we can all pray for this cute kid then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that he Googled the day. <laughs> hilarious um so within a week hundreds of parishioners in erie began to pray for eric and we're told that amazingly in just a few days he began to improve and by his first birthday he had beaten the virus eventually eric underwent a third liver transplant that was successful um and years later he is as healthy as every other kid he is grateful for everyone who prayed for him he's in the unsolved mysteries episode and he's like Liz said just super cute um he really just goes i heard i was very sick and people prayed for me and that's it <laughs> <laughs> he's like i don't know what's going on i'm a small child why are you talking to me let me go play with my transformers um i so unsolved mysteries wiki i have no idea how they know this maybe he wrote it himself but he is apparently still healthy to this day and has a family of his own um his and he he had a child named maverick who was born in 2014 wow badass name yeah um so that's the power (laughs) of prayer i again i don't know i mean it's i think unsurprising and probably rare for a little baby to beat viral pneumonia but i'm sure it's not like unheard of i mean you can get over a virus i'm sure they were they were treating him (laughs) like they were he was in the hospital he was being treated for pneumonia he beat the pneumonia i don't maybe prayer helped i don't know i just was did prayer not help anyone else who didn't beat pneumonia i don't know yeah that's my problem with these segments is i'm glad these people are okay and i appreciate that the people who care for them it was a really hard time for them and they were struggling 
Well, it does sort of imply that the people who didn't make it, like, no one prayed for them. And I just don't think that that's true. Or I feel like almost worse is that they were praying and God was like, nah. Nah, not you. Nah, you could be, you could bite it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, it's a little bit. Yeah. I, I think of poor St. Bernadette. The Virgin Mary appears to her to show her the healing water. And Bernadette goes, oh, good. I have some ailments of myself. And Mary goes, not you, bitch. <laughs> this, is here, this is for healing other people. You're going to die at fucking 22 years yeah. old or however young Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just... Oh, way to only think of yourself, Bernadette. This, I'm showing it to you. This is not for you. We didn't pick you. you. Yeah, you will die young, but you will be remembered. You will be spoken of in an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. And isn't that better than living? And she was like, no, that's worse so much worse oh i want to live and have a life and yeah i don't know some doctor with poofy hair i didn't write down his name he's the one that comes on and talks about a double blind study where like people who were prayed for healed more than people who didn't and then robert stack points out that experts argue that you cannot really control like how do you know if people aren't praying you can't really control that <laughs> you can't control for that you don't know that they're not like saying a, a quick prayer on their way to the hospital or whatever uh, I, I, I can't i don't know this <laughs> i've had so many people tell me over the years that they're praying for me Ugh, the worst the worst i will pray to satan for all of them i guess just to balance it out <laughs> to balance it out yeah um nothing like a nothing like a sanctimonious i'll be praying for you yeah not like i'll be praying for you too that you fall off a cliff (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah okay so if if prayer works can i can i pray that yeah my enemies fall in a well please please spite my enemies show them the old testament lord I don't know. We could try it. We could do a bl- double blind study. Okay. Right. Five <laughs> listeners, divide yourself into two groups. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you pay, pay, pray for the downfall of our enemies. Some of you don't. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Now on to the second segment, which is a big waste of time wanted. <laughs> this goes back to August 4th, 1994. It is the case of 21-year-old Lionel Lovano was arrested in Houston, Texas after a six-month sting operation investigating an international drug ring that sold a quarter of a million dollars worth of heroin. And I, for a second, went, that's not a lot. Every month. I was just about to say that. That's really not six months? Yeah, but that was every month. Oh. See, they say it in this way where they're like, they sold a quarter million dollars worth of heroin. And I went, eh. And then they went, every month. And I went, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But still, who cares? Who cares? Whatever. Whatever. Stack tells us that handsome Lionel lived a, quote, lavish playboy lifestyle full of cars, motorcycles, expensive clothes, and plenty of girlfriends. And I swear to Christ, Stack is jealous. Okay. (laughs) So would he be willing to spend the best years of his life behind bars after being arrested at 21? No, he would not. Shortly after his... Shortly before his arrest, Lionel was in a serious motorcycle accident and has sustained injuries. Therefore... He was being treated in a private facility outside the the prison system. So a week into his stay there, three unannounced visitors came to visit his roommate in the hospital, who was not a prisoner, except no, they weren't really there to see him. They were there to see 
Lionel. And I fucking love the scheme. So what it was was <laughs> Lionel's sister and two other people show up at the hospital. They say they're there to see the other person in the room. The security guard that's there for Lionel doesn't think anything of it. They go into the room. They show a gun to the other person in the hospital and they say, you shut up. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lionel goes into the bathroom, shaves, puts on a wig and his sister's clothes so that he can walk out with the other two people unnoticed. My favorite part is when he comes, he he steps out and like asks his little, his accomplices. He's like, how do I look? He's adjusting his wig. Yeah. He has like, lipstick. You know, Robert Stack said he put on some lipstick. And so he's like, how do I, how do I look? He's in his like drag. He's in drag as his sister. Yeah. And he has to like adjust himself. And they're like, you look great, man. <laughs> they had to like saw off his handcuffs with a little saw i mean i love everything about this i just i love it i'm gonna point out that i'm not sure if anything lionel did was like violent or bad i don't really have a problem with him escaping from being part of a heroin ring i really don't and i find this incredibly funny <laughs> <laughs> okay so Lionel just walks out the door with the, the two accomplices. Nobody <laughs> thinks anything of it. His sister, God, this is the loyalty of this sister. Like, I just have to applaud. She stays behind. She stays behind to threaten the roommate into not talking until Lionel's had enough time to get away. Then when people realize he's gotten away in the commotion, the sister just leaves. She slips nope. away. <laughs> Nobody even really notices that she's not supposed to be there. And she just walks out. I love it so much. <laughs> okay. They should have made a movie about this. It's amazing. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Also, Stack describes hit Lionel in disguise as having a total makeover, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a part of Clueless, and they're, like, going to pull up the computer with the different outfits or something. <laughs> he was just dressing like his sister. I don't know. It's not, like, a new he look. He put on a Stack. wig and a, and a yeah, a, like a female do, suit and some lipstick. He's not going to do that for the rest of his life. He's just doing it to leave the hospital. <laughs> It's not a new look, new lease on life for him. Okay, so funny. So funny. Okay, so unfortunately, the accomplices that helped him escape were tracked down. I'm not sure if that includes um, Lionel's sister or not. Hopefully not. Uh, but Lionel remained on the lam when this segment first aired. Uh, I looked it up. They never caught Lionel. What? The speculation. Oh, really? <laughs> the speculation is that he just went to Mexico and he stayed there. And at this Amazing. point, the authorities are not are not pursuing him. Good so Lionel. good for you, Lionel. Good for you, Lionel. I hope you had a great life. All the all, everybody on unsolved.com is like, oh yeah, he's in like this city in Mexico and he's still part of it's like, how do you know? But supposedly so, don't, he's don't, like don't dark on Lionel? Yeah. Snitches he got away fair and square. He got away in the most hilarious way possible. Let him. Just let him. Let him go. Yeah. Oh, amazing. amazing. I love this segment. I love it. Okay. All You're right. up next. So we have a mysterious death, two mysterious deaths, actually. All right. It is the morning of December 12th, 1992. Um, a car has stopped at a remote intersection at the edge of the Yankton Sioux Indian Reservation in Lake Andes, South Dakota. It was cold and the road was icy. Um, the driver is 20-year-old Arnold. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name because I'm going to do it badly. Um one of the passengers was his girlfriend, 19-year-old Ruby. I love the name Ruby. Yeah, it's a great name. That's a really pretty name. Um, the other passenger is Ruby's cousin, 17-year-old Tracy 
Dion. All three had been drinking um, when the car crashed into a frozen ditch. Um, So there's one survivor. uh, Tracy is the one who survived. um, And she describes... Well, okay, so earlier in the day, I feel like I skipped ahead. Earlier in the day, uh, so they had been out drinking, actually, not earlier in the day, in the evening, uh, late into night, into the night they were drinking. Um, Ruby had dropped her daughter off with her, um, I'm not sure if it was her father or her, I'm not sure. I, uh, I think it may have been her father. Um, and they drove to his house to pick up the daughter, and he was like, I can tell you've been drinking, why don't you come back later? Um, so they all leave, and shortly after is when this incident happens. So um, Tracy describes um, they came up to a stop sign and they stopped. And then uh, her memory is a little bit blurry, but she recalls the car uh, like accelerating really quickly. And I don't know if there was ice. In, this is in the, it's in the middle of winter. I don't know if there was ice at this intersection or what, but they. Um, lost control uh arnold lost control of the car and ended up flipping upside down into the ditch Ugh. um you know it's it, it's really easy to lose control of your car on ice when you don't have anti-lock brakes i speak from experience yeah it really and is at low do. speeds too i mean yeah. you do not need to be going very fast like yes they were stopped and even if he had I mean, it, sound, it seems like he may have stomped on the accelerator, but even if he hadn't, like, you can lose control at low speeds. On oh, absolutely. Ways. Absolutely. So the car flips over. Arnold is thrown from the vehicle. Uh, Ruby and Tracy are in the car. Ruby is able to get out. And um, Tracy is reaching for her. Like, she is hoping that Ruby would help her out, but she doesn't. The car door shuts and, Ru- and Tracy is trapped in the car. So... Arnold and Ruby disappear. Eventually, help arrives, and I believe they someone helps Tracy get out of the mm. vehicle. Mm. Um, Tracy is very upset. She doesn't know why Ruby abandoned her and didn't help her. Um, I think they were she was drunk. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they were all, all had been drinking quite a bit. They could have like Ruby could have bonked her head, lost consciousness. It was freezing cold. It's in the middle of December. Everything's frozen. Um, I was wondering if they thought she was dead. Maybe. Like, she was like, why didn't my friends help me get out of the car? It was like, first of all, they're drinking. They're not supposed to be driving. They probably freaked out. But also, like, if she had lost consciousness or just, I don't, I don't know. They're not thinking rationally. Maybe they just thought she was dead. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and they were. I mean, certainly they probably weren't thinking rationally because they had all been drinking quite a bit. Um, so, uh by daybreak, the police come and search the area. There was ice underneath the car that was frozen solid. Um, they cl- say that they feared that Arnold and Ruby had wandered off and fallen through the ice at another location. Um, we hear from Bill Youngstrom, who was a deputy for the Charles Mix County Sheriff's Department. Um, he says, he makes it very clear that he, he believes they searched the area thoroughly um he thought that i mean he says that it's not uncommon for them to come upon car accidents cars in the ditch where they the drivers are nowhere in sight and usually it's probably because the driver had been drinking they sure. don't want to get in trouble for dui they crash their car into the ditch they get out they walk home um these things happen um I do sort of wonder if they 
dismissed it as that um, and didn't look as hard as they are now claiming mm. they looked. Um, but they say that they searched the entire area uh, thoroughly and they did not see um, any sign of Arnold and Ruby. Um, I don't have any evidence to suggest that they're not telling the truth, but I do wonder. Um, anyway. Well, also, I don't know. I guess we don't know a lot what this landscape is like, but it's also like fucking freezing, right? Like how long do they really want to look around i do think they probably assumed that this was a case of the drivers walking home yeah um because yeah it's a rural area um it's gonna be freezing freezing, right they're not gonna want to do it there was once a guy so i live on what in minnesota minneapolis standards is a busy street Eh. but um (laughs) there was once a guy driving who like right in front of my house just drove like um hitting like three or four parked cars tried to drive away couldn't <laughs> and literally did just get out of his car and start like running down the street and then the people whose those cars he hit came out of that apartment building and basically like tackled him <laughs> so that you know they could get his insurance information or whatever to fix yeah. their cars but yeah i do think that is kind of common <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it is. But, um, but okay, but say that guy had gotten away and hadn't gotten tackled. <laughs> I feel like the car, the police, I was like, there's no sense in running away. If it's your car, they're just going to yeah. see who the car is registered to. And then they're going to go to your house and arrest you there. Like, I mean, obviously, he's not thinking that through. He's drunk. But right, I'm surprised that they didn't go to their house later to see if they're okay, but also to, like, find them or whatever the shit. Well, I mean, Deputy Youngstrom does say that he investigated leads, so it is possible. I mean, I feel like they don't go into a lot of details in the episode about, like, what had gone on, but I think there was some amount of investigation going on. So it could have been that they did go to their house and check on them, discovered. Also, like, Ruby had a daughter, um, and her family says that they were convinced something bad had happened because she did not come back for her daughter. So, um, yeah, it's clear that they're missing. Um I don't exactly know what the investigation looked like, how much of an investigation there was, but um, they disappeared in basically, it seems like in into thin air until the spring thaw in early March, a motorist passing by the area saw a body in the ditch just 75 feet from the accident site um, was Ruby. She was face down in like this ditch was pretty full of water. Like it was pretty it, it was deep. almost a, a small pond right so she's face down floating in the water um her glasses were missing both of her shoes were missing her clothes uh. were intact and they did seem to be like the, the same clothes that she was wearing the night of the accident her body was in an advanced state of decomposition um so much so that it was hard to recognize her so sad. um they had How to sad. actually identify her by uh tattoos um at that's, this that's, time that's, that's why i have tattoos so, to make yeah. the identification of my rotting corpse easier. You're welcome. That's United why States. I have a chronic lower back pain tram stamp. Yes. I'm so glad you got that. Yeah. So that so way, like, when um, you throw yourself in front of a train <laughs> and I'm forced to identify your body, obviously, I can be like, just check. Just check the tram stamp. Does yeah. it say chronic lower back pain? Oh, yeah. That's her. That's her. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was so dark. I'm sorry. <laughs> So I apologize. 
It's just on brand for us. Please don't throw yourself in front of a train, Samantha. Okay. I, I don't want to identify. Said so. I don't want to identify your body in the middle. You of the know. Night. Yeah, you're right. I don't want you to have to do- go through. Did that. I? Did we mention that our Patreon about season three of the reboot is out now? Go give us a dollar. Go listen. In context. Um, so they decide to pump out the ditch at this point. Um, and are, around noon the next day, they find the body of Arnold submerged in the water about 15 See, okay, feet but away from where they found This Rudy. ditch is and how much water there is, is that they didn't find this guy's water until body until they pump out all of this water. Yeah, it's deep enough that an entire grown man can be completely submerged to the point where you cannot see him. They had to pump out the water they, they had no idea him. anything else was there so it was deep enough that you couldn't just glance and like see a whole man right. underneath the water they had to literally pump it out i feel like the phrase ditch which is what they keep saying in the show but i just feel like it's misleading like i think so this I is basically so a weird little reservoir pond yeah um so he wasn't his body was not as decomposed as ruby his skin color so was weird. the same um, so weird they also point out which i guess this is this is kind of weird he he has like he wasn't frozen to the ground like his clothes were not frozen to the ground at the bottom of the pond um that said like i don't know the it was like water it it had thawed like the water had thawed even though it was still cold it was early march i don't know that his clothes not being frozen to the ground makes a a lot of sense to me as like they were dumped there which is basically the theory that comes out like the deputy thinks uh that they had been murdered elsewhere and had been dumped in this spot um i don't know (laughs) that i'm convinced but I sort of feel like I think the police officer, at least one of the police officers involved, is I think he feels really bad <laughs> that he didn't find these people so, when they were like right there. Yeah, and maybe it's maybe it's perfectly understandable that he didn't. Maybe there's so much water in this thing that if they hadn't, you know, they didn't know to pump it, and they were just both fully submerged. I don't know. Maybe that's like an understandable error if you like knew what this area was like, but. The only thing is that, like, who, they is, do... who is taking these people from a crash site, murdering them, and then bringing them back to the exact same crash site? That's what Why? I very what? implausible. Was, was a was a deranged killer just, just waiting, happened to be there, waving on the side of the road, cackling? I assume, just like <laughs> just waiting. To I know in. they're they're gonna come to this exact intersection and spin oh, out and end up upside ice. down. Ice is so slippery here. And then two of them get out of the car. So the murderer, I don't know, shoves them in a van, takes them to their his murder hidey hole, keeps them there for a while. And presumably, it seems like they're also saying he kills Ruby right away. Yeah. Uh, does not and also there's like a, well, a, he's a sicko. That, oh, there's a witness that claims he saw they saw Arnold on New Year's Eve. So I don't know if Arnold is actually the murderer in this scenario, but then how does he end up dead? I don't so I, I do not understand the theory because Ruby, Ruby dies right away and then Arnold lives for a while but is then later murdered and then dumped in the same spot. Yeah. That's the dumping ground, Samantha. Just where the car happened to crash. Yeah, this I, I don't even understand what I'm, I'm assuming that the water affects the rates of decomposition differently, or the like thawing and I freezing, so. or the medical examiner is just not that great at their job. Like, well, so they yes, so 
they do say it's suspicious because Arnold was not as decomposed as Ruby, but even despite the fact that they were in the same place. However, they it was not exactly the same for both of them. One Arnold was more... completely submerged. Right, right. Ruby was floating on the surface. Arnold is a different person. He's a bigger person than Ruby. He's a man. Like I don't I assume all of these things affect how you decompose. Also, there can be like microclimates and like different like different areas even right by each other can be like a different temperature. I mean, there's what's fully in the water and what isn't so right and i'm assuming at some point i'm assuming they got out of the car crash they crawl away i don't know they're they they succumb to the elements they don't make it the medical examiner thinks that they died of exposure there's no cause of death that they could determine they didn't drown they weren't shot they weren't strangled it seems like they froze to death I'm assuming that when someone, you know, the cops and whoever were looking around the area, both of them were fully submerged. They didn't think to look into the water or, you know, whatever. They thought it was too frozen and people couldn't be in there. I don't know. I don't. I really question. This officer says that he walked the ditch several times. He had other people walk the ditch. They signed sworn affidavits that they walked the ditch. I, I don't know. I feel like that can be true. And they didn't see them. Like, if they were both surely submerged. If it snowed, if they had gotten underneath the water somehow. Yeah. They both fell in. I don't know. Like, he's fully submerged. I'm assuming at some point she was too. So, even if we completely take this officer at his word that he looked around and really didn't see it, it seems possible to me. Because they're in the water! Yeah. I don't know. It's weird, but... It's weird, but... There it's is not no... actually, yeah. I, there's, there's no other explanation that makes sense. It's just kind of no. weird. No. Was that, yeah, like you said, was there just happened to be a murderer there at that intersection <laughs> in the middle of nowhere at just like three waiting. in the morning? Yeah, like, like this waiting problem. for someone to flip a car because they're drunk. Like it makes very little sense. Also, this whole side quest about someone who claims they saw Arnold on New Year's I think Eve. They just have and the there wrong was like, they have I think the wrong date. Yes. Or well, the wrong the... dude. There's, they apparently, there was, pe- they said that there was people in the back seat. They interviewed those people. They were like, no, that never happened. They did polygraphs of these people. They claim they failed, but I don't know. You're hauled polygraphs in front of a- are not used in court for a reason. They're not reliable. Also, yeah, you're hauling people in to a police environment and then being weird, like surprised they're stressed out. They, maybe they have something else they don't want to talk to the police about. You know, like maybe yeah, they don't want to be there for other unrelated reasons. Yeah, I. Yeah. I, I think this is just a weird tragedy, but it there's no, really nothing to suggest that these people didn't just die of exposure. And it's weird someone didn't see them earlier, except not probably not because they were underwater and it was freezing and nobody wanted to like go look in it. And they were probably yeah. already, and that sucks. But they were probably already dead, so I'm not sure there's really anything that could have been done. It's yeah. just. It, it's sad it is really sad it's sad that you know they show ruby's daughter at the very end and it's so sad so sad it's terrible um but, but you know we live in minnesota i feel like you hear about people every year getting drunk at a party walking home passing out in a snowbank and dying of exposure like this this is something that happens to people when they're intoxicated and they're outside in the yeah. harsh elements you can freeze to death quickly and it's so people, sad people but... also walk onto th- to ice and the ice breaks so maybe yeah. this was like 
only partially frozen at one point and they thought they could walk across it and they could you know like who knows exactly but- yes they could have broken through in a different location and gone underneath the ice and there seems to be a lot of water in this ditch so yeah. like maybe they froze to death and their bodies rolled into it or maybe they were trying to walk across it and didn't make it like I think it really sucks for their friend who's like going why did they leave me in the car that's awful but it's probably a I, I feel like she may have survived because she stayed in the car absolutely because she I mean, was yeah. stuck in the car i feel absolutely. like she was protected from the elements and people found know, her until help until yeah. help arrived people and knew yeah, if she if she had walked away because she was intoxicated and like tried to stumble home she could have froze to death no one would have gone into the dark field or wherever forest to try and find her also they could have had head injuries like there's so many reasons why they're probably not thinking straight and then yeah i think they just froze to death Ugh. Ugh. yep so the unsolved mysteries wiki doesn't have any updates um i think we just solved it so yeah i think the cop feels bad that he didn't figure it out sooner but i think there's actually not really that much mysterious about it okay so there's two cop math sessions in this segment i Oh, oh, wait, no. I have a cop mustache from my last segment that I forgot to say. Okay. This was a blonde mustache on a cop that was very, like, worried about catching Lionel. And I have to say that I just wasn't. So his mustache was called Jesus Christ, Please Shut Up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The cop for this that seemed very, I feel like this is just my, you know theorizing i think he feels bad he didn't figure this out sooner his mustache is called whoa hey there buddy because that's, <laughs> a, that's a phrase i guarantee he uses incredible um oh also at one point he was talking about how they found a clump of hair on the side of the oh road i forgot about that and that it matched her. and i was like you can't match hair like that that's not a thing also so I don't they were so they found a clump of her hair on the side of the road near the area and he was using it as evidence to suggest that they were dumped there I think an an animal could have been scavenging on the bodies I'm sorry this is gross but like that's oftentimes when you find a body they are not intact in one spot because animals come and distribute the remains around the area it's literally just black hair you can't match hair I don't know what he's talking about he was like, it's a match to so-and-so. A DNA match? No? Oh, then you it's nothing. Even if it was, it though, like it's him. not It's not like the only thing that could be is that they were murdered and dumped. at the. Like, there's plenty of other explanations for why some of her hair may have end up, ended up on the side of the road. Human hair equals murder. Yeah, not how that works. <laughs> Has anybody watched the show Hannibal where someone, like, is realizing, I think it's, like, their stepdad or their dad is a murderer and he makes all this stuff out of humans. And she's, like, sitting on a couch and she, like, opens up the pillow and it's, like, stuffed full of human hair. <laughs> For some reason, that's so fun. Like, her face is she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> so funny. It should be funny, but that's very funny to me. Okay. Now we have a sad missing persons case. This is the case of the disappearance of Jean Moore. Um, obviously, her fiance, Al Henderson, was the likely suspect. And we do hear from Al, and you can decide for yourself. They had known each other for 20 years and only recently gotten engaged. Um, but despite them being friends for all this time, her children were not friends, fans of Al's. And um, <laughs> I, I find that very telling. Uh, her daughter, Connie, said, The longer I knew him, the less genuine he seemed. 
which is not great. And she goes on to say that Al would frequently put her mom down, even in front of other people. So she didn't think that their relationship was very healthy, which it doesn't sound well, like healthy it was. at all. No. Yeah, no. Okay. So the couple went on a trip to Laughlin, Nevada, which has a soft spot in my heart. It's like a mini Las Vegas. Like people all, from all over the world go to Las Vegas, for Nevada, but only local people go to Laughlin. So it's like a, I don't know, like a tiny low rent casino town. It's kind of amazing. Okay. So, and I, I just love casino mysteries. I just love them. Okay. So this is on April 9th, 1992. Sorry. 1992. Al reported Gene missing. And this is great because we get to see Robert Stack talking to us in a casino. So most people were convinced that Gene met with foul play and foul play, including myself. So we hear from Al and he, here's what he says happens. Um, that Jean wanted to go have one last go at her lucky slot machine before checking out of their hotel. So he dropped her off at a side entrance of a nearby casino, not the casino she was going to, and went to go find a parking place. When he could not find one, he went to the valet and got a ticket before going inside the casino. Immediately, I am suspicious of this story. <laughs> Because I don't see why he wouldn't have dropped her off at the casino she was actually going to. But also, these places have the biggest fucking parking lots you've ever seen in your life. I find it completely impossible that he could not find a parking space. Also, this isn't like nine in the fucking morning. Never in my life have I heard of someone who couldn't find a parking spot and then was like, I'm going to pay a valet. Like, no. <laughs> This is a fucking casino. You think at nine in the morning, at its most popular time, nine in the morning on a weekday. Uh, I do not think that this parking lot was full. I just don't. Yeah, um, so anyway, sus as fuck. Very sus. So he couldn't find one, supposedly, and he went to the ballet and got a ticket and specifically asked the ballet if his wife would be able to bring the ticket back instead of him. Which, of course, the valet was like, yeah, no shit. That's how these things work. I don't it's give a fuck. Th- yeah, it's a ticket. Someone bring me a ticket. And it's I'm nine in the, the morning. Them. <laughs> Please tip me, he said. Um, so then he went to meet up with Jean. He gave her the valet ticket for the car. And they planned to meet back at their hotel room at a quarter to- of noon to check out at noon. Right? And then he leaves Jean in the casino to play her flare slot machine at 930 in the morning. You know, when all the parking lots are full. (laughs) So then Al goes outside to the valet stand to catch a cab. Only there aren't any. Possibly because it's 9.30 in the morning. So after waiting a while, not being able to catch a cab, he decides to go back inside and play some slots with Jean. However, her favorite slot machine was occupied by someone else. He doesn't see Jean around. That guy gets up. So Al plays that machine for about half an hour waiting from her. So that would have been from like 9.45 to 10.15. Because he really didn't wait for a cab very long. Okay. He doesn't see her. He decides to go back to the hotel. He's apparently not weirded out that she's not there at their agreed on checkout time. Like I think they're supposed to check out at noon. They were going to meet at quarter to noon. By quarter afternoon, she's still not there. That apparently doesn't alarm him at all. (sighs) Still supposedly believing nothing is wrong, he takes a cab back to the casino to find Jean. And at this point, finds out that the car is still with a ballet and there's no sign of Jean anywhere. 
Al spent the next few days questioning people at the casino and putting up missing persons flyers. But despite a $25,000 reward, they didn't get any helpful info. Jean's children would like to point out that the story has changed a few times. <laughs> Originally, he said that he dropped Jean off in front of the, t- the, the casino and gave her the valet ticket there. I think the problem with that story is that then the valet would have seen her, which he did not. And also, I'm assuming there's a lot more cameras at the front of the casino than they are at this weird side entrance that he later claimed, oh, that's actually where I dropped her off, right? Right. Because by the time he's talking to Unsolved Mysteries, he's dropping her off at this random side entrance of a casino that's, like, attached to where she's going. Now, granted, casinos are all attached, you know, so you can, like, wander from one to one or whatever. But since... There's no reason to do that in this instance. He could have just dropped her off at the in- in- at the entrance. Right. They were going to ver- a very specific place. <laughs> also, highly suspicious, was all the jewelry she usually wore, including her engagement ring, is in the hotel room. This is stuff that she wore at all times. I'm sure she slept in it. I'm sure she showered in it. Whatever. Her children say there is no reason why she would have taken off all of her jewelry that she wore every day and left it in the room. That that makes no sense. Makes no sense, right? She was planning to be buried in those things. She was not taking them off to go gamble or whatever. (laughs) So odd. Okay. Also, if you have been to a casino or just watched movies that take place in a casino, you're probably aware that there is an unbelievable level of surveillance in that environment. There's yeah, that was like, going to be my question, is where is, is the camera footage? Even a casino in Laughlin is not going to have, like, a blind spot because they're very, very concerned about theft and cheating, and it's an extremely controlled environment. There's probably, like, unless you're on a... I, I bet a casino in some ways is better monitored than, like, a military base. It's a very bad idea of a place to lie when you've gotten rid of your significant other because... They go to the casino and there is no footage of Jean entering the casino, talking to the valet. There's literally no footage of her there that day whatsoever. That's not good. Yeah. Uh, She can't be seen playing that slot machine that she supposedly went there to get. And in fact, Al claims he played that slot machine for half an hour and he's not in that footage either. Interesting. Al claims, oh, they must be looking at the wrong machine. But he's the one that told them which machine it was. The casino pulled up that footage. I think he had asked for it. And they were like, oh, no, we're going to give that to the authorities. Why would you you give such a specific story that can be easily verified? I mean, maybe he didn't know. He did not think this through. He did not think this through. Because you can't say someone went missing from a casino (laughs) that's like the last place you should pick because really they do have footage of everything and she's literally not seen there at all that day so even if she came in the side entrance or what she's gonna have to walk onto the main floor she's gonna have to like it's not like she was trying not to be seen either (laughs) she's not a spy she was a lady (laughs) that just wanted to go play her favorite slot machine supposedly so then the question comes up was she even in laughlin at all Or is Al lying about everything? And the only thing investigators were able to find was a single witness, a waitress, who served Al and Jean on that Monday, April 6th, three days earlier, which was the day they arrived. This is her only confirmed sighting in the area. Three days earlier. 
No, what they they don't find anyone at the hotel. They would have had to. Can they confirm where he was that whole three days? I don't know. That was not mentioned. But you would think someone at the hotel had seen her. You would think they would have eaten at other places or had a drink or you know, like in theory, you're in this environment with tons of people. Other people should have seen her, and no one is is has. And also, weirdly, weeks later, a friend came forward to say she actually saw the couple 150 miles away at a gas station at their ho- in their hometown on April 8th, which would be the day before Jean was reported missing. Hmm. And also my birthday. So, you know, it stood out. She was sure of the date because she was on her way to a school function. And that's the only time she would have been at that gas station. Okay. Al says this is not true, and he points out that there are call records from Laughlin. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure that's not really... I'm not... The fact that he made calls from Laughlin, that doesn't really prove anything. Still, where's Gene? Yeah. Right? Where's Gene at this time? There is no update. Um, This was never solved. They never found Gene, and Al is dead. And Al... Oh, my God. Al was really only the, always the only suspect. Both Gene's children and the authorities think that he did it, but they never found any hard evidence. Well, that sucks. Yeah, it's really sucky. I think that Al's story is total crap, personally. Um, if he is not involved in his disappear- her disappearance, he's lying about something else because she was fucking not in that casino. No, did she, she, this woman didn't have any enemies. Like, that's the other thing. So you have to go like, who wants this sweet lady dead? I don't know. Did she? Did he have the engagement ring because she called off the engagement? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Who and knows? That, but... And that made him mad. That was something I thought about because I was like, why would you have that? But he also had all of her other jewelry too. Yeah, that's weird. Which I'm assuming he wanted to like pawn it or something. Yeah, or I mean, maybe he murdered. I mean, she could have taken it off every night before bed, and he murdered her at night while she was asleep. Yeah, and he never put it back on because he didn't think this through. Um, yeah, I, God, that sucks. Hopefully, he got his in the afterlife. Yeah, hopefully there is a hell, and he's not drinking a cold coke right now. Yeah, I hope so. God damn, what a bastard. Joe's, um, the son Joe had a mustache. And I feel bad making fun of it because I do feel really bad for Jean and her children. But damn, that is a large, dense mustache. Look, we all make bad choices. It's not a refle- it's not it's always true. a reflection of your ca- your character. I just called it, yeah, that's too much. <laughs> because <laughs> too much mustache. It really it's it's a lot. It's, it, it, his face doesn't no. No. He would have been way better off without it. Sorry, Joe. Mm, I'm yeah. sorry for your loss. And I feel like her children always knew he was bad news. But they also wanted their mom to be happy, you know, yeah, and like, yeah, it just fucking sucks. Um, That's terrible. Someone come up with some reason why Samantha and I need to go to Laughlin. That would be so fun. Ooh. We're going to solve this mystery. We're going to find Jean. <laughs> That's we're going to wear that... our self mysteries, bitches, T-shirts. And oh my God, yeah, we're going to find Jean. Um, the thing is, I kind of wonder if she actually was murdered in her hometown. And then. Yeah. And then Al was, like, setting up this alibi. Like, no, it can't be. We were in love. I don't know. I don't know. I don't trust you, Al, but you're dead, so. Okay, that's the end. All right, let's rate this episode. So, mysteriousness is our first category. And honestly, not bad. 
pretty mysterious. Yeah, pretty mysterious. I mean, the power of prayer is not mysterious, but <laughs> all the other ones, I mean, there are some weird things about the there Arnold's are some and weird death. Things. We don't really... the fact that I'm pretty sure they just died of hypothermia, but um, it there's still odd. some weird things about it. It's odd. It's an odd story. Uh, we don't exactly know what happened to Lionel. I hope he's living it up in Mexico, having a grand old time, um, but we don't he's really know. He's having a drink on the beach right now. Yeah. And then poor Jean, what happened to her? Where's she? Yeah. yeah. So pretty so damn, like, pretty damn mysterious. Thumbs pretty up. mysterious. Thumbs up. Um, reenactments. I thought they were solid. Um, they were good. The, there was a, <laughs> okay. a very dramatic I, car car acceleration flip yeah. flip thing. I'm obsessed with Lionel getting dressed up as his sister. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Okay. I love it. I love them pull. I, I love them pulling out the little saw to cut through the handcuffs. I love him adjusting his wig. Like, yeah, I love him good. just like trying to to walk lady more ladylike when he's leaving the hospital. So nobody like <laughs> his complete makeover. Yeah. It's so silly. It's yeah. It's like this little tootsie. It's just ridiculous. Um, right. It is good. So, good. so thumbs up just because of that. Really. Are we also gonna give a thumbs up for fashion because of Lionel's disguise? <laughs> Okay, yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yes, I love that. Also, in your car crash mystery, the family is all wearing, like, is it freezing wherever they're talking to Unsolved Mysteries? Because they're all wearing puffy coats and, like, puffy snowsuits. All of them, including of the them. little girl. They're inside, presumably. They're all in, like, like matching, puffy, very 90s, like, wine-colored snowsuits. They all have mullets. I mean, they're, they're a fucking yeah. fashionable family. I love them for that. So that gets a thumbs up. We have that ski instructor. This is the best fashion we've seen in a while, honestly. Yeah, the ski instructor ensemble. <laughs> and, yeah. and there's some very bold mustache choices. Lionel had a mustache too, but actually it worked for him. That was a good one. Yeah. It's too bad you had to shave it off in order to... <laughs> it, was, it was, you know, I'm sure it grew back in a few days. I'm sure. Lionel, are you listening? Do you still have a mustache? Let us know. <laughs> so this might be a rare thumbs up across the board. Oh, because I'm going to give Stack a thumbs up too. Because he was in a casino at one he, point. Exactly. That's why. He's, he waxed poetic about the power of prayer. He was clearly jealous of Lionel's lifestyle and wondering if he should deal heroin. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thumbs up. For thumbs up. All right, so then what do we rate this episode? Honestly, I thought it was pretty good. It's pretty solid. I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, I think it was good. No unnecessary updates, four mysteries. Exactly, exactly. Power of of Prayer was really silly, but whatever. I thought the rest of it was good. At least it's not depressing. You know, those people lived. and um, Always a plus. (laughs) I wish Jean, you know, lived wherever she was. And I'm assuming Lionel's just, yeah, having a grand old time with his heroine. And, um... (laughs) Yeah, the mustaches were plentiful. Uh, I don't know. I I liked it. It's it not solid. it's not as memorable as some of the more ridiculous episodes, but um, it's it's quite good. So I don't know, like a four. Yeah, I would say a four. Yeah, I think a four sounds right. <laughs> with with a with a little like footnote that says, "Yes, this one is quite good." <laughs> <laughs> that can be added to our stats. Yeah, yeah, add that. Add that. Um, add that to our sets. Okay, so for today's recommendation, I thought we would talk about a book we read for book club. Ooh. Which was Shirley Jackson's We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Because I love this book. 
I really liked it too. Uh, this was our October read. It was a great spooky season read, but honestly, I would read this book anytime, anywhere. It was the best book I read this year, hands down. It just has such a mood. It has such a vibe. It's about these two sisters living in their giant house after most of their family has been poisoned to death and they're taking care of their older uncle who's not really with it anymore and their whole town hates them and it's just about their life after this weird horrible tragedy and both of them are uh odd ducks i'm gonna say uh-huh. and uh I don't, I don't know the the mood of it i listened to this as an audiobook i thought the, the reader was great and i just had like 45 minutes of this each night before i went to bed and i never i never wanted it to end i just wanted to live in that Ah, oh, so good. Shirley Jackson has such a her style is so good because it's like I feel like this word is overused in describing books, but atmospheric, like her, yeah. like way, it's like the whole vibe, the spooky, weird vibe. It's like you can it creates such a vivid picture in your brain of just this like yes. unsettling, spooky atmosphere. Um, it's and it's so funny, like in a very so dry. Funny. It has a dry humor that's just really, really well done. This is now the second Shirley Jackson book that we've read for book club. We discussed The Haunting of Hill House before, and I really, really liked that too, but I liked this even more. And it just makes me think that she's, I mean, I know she's like very famous and well-regarded, but I honestly think she's underrated because this book is also like very funny. Very and funny. It, it's not something I've heard people say about her, but she's clearly like was very witty. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't have loved it more. I think I talked about the movie before that's on Netflix, and that is good, and it's pretty faithful to the book, but, you know, as always, it's pretty much always. The book is better. Definitely read the book. Um, I got the audiobook from the library, you know, for free. And it was just a lovely... Uh, uh, I'm jealous, if you haven't read it, that you get to read it for the first time. I'm jealous. Because it's so good. It is really good. It's also a very good length. Um, yeah. It's, so perfect. it's, it's like, like perfectly paced. Like things are introduced. Like it's just very skillfully done. The language of it is so good. But also, yeah, like the structure of it is great. And um, <laughs> there's this there's this like old woman who comes over for tea and is clearly trying not to ask about the fact that you know their family died this grisly death and then after a while like cannot contain herself anymore and is like is this the room where it happened blah, blah, blah. and i was like this is me and samantha <laughs> it really is <laughs> i felt very seen by this ghoulish woman that was like but how did th- how did it happen like she like is being so rude and right asking like too many questions about the sugar like, bowl and she just yeah. like can't stop herself <laughs> I was like, and her oh. friend is clearly embarrassed. It's like, like so human. It's like, like I can't believe I brought this person who who promised they would behave and is now making such a spectacle of herself. And I was like, oh my god, this is me. <laughs> yeah, no, it was such a it was such a delight. I was so yeah. happy to read it, and it was so fun to talk about it. And it was just, really good. I think everybody should read it. And um, I was kind of like, why did we only read the lottery in school? Why didn't we read anything else by her? no kidding i feel like our english classes and like i don't know what grade we did this like seventh grade or something they're like oh we need to read one thing by a woman here read the lottery and then it was like well we're done <laughs> we never have to read a woman again <laughs> no that's not true because because if you 
went to school in the 90s. Did you have to read the Joy Love Club? No, I didn't. I feel like we all had to read the Joy Luck Club. And that was like, they were like, great, because that's an Asian American and a woman at once. And so then all of our diversity is gone <laughs> and we never have to think about it ever again. In one book, just. It's a good book. I'm not bashing the book. It's just, I feel like people were like, great. And that's all, that's all the different voices you need. One book. <laughs> um, oh, what a delight. Okay. Um, I think that wraps it up for today. That's it. We will be doing another Patreon episode about the season three of the reboot, whichever two episodes come next. I'm sure they're a huge fucking bummer. And we'll be talking about that <laughs> over on Patreon. If you give us a dollar and tax, if you go fish that out of a mall fountain, you can be part of that joy. If you like being bored, definitely sign yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. If you like being bored, sign the fuck up, bitch, because we're we're delivering that content straight to you um oh please 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 like this episode on repod i need to stay number one keep us number one in the charts when i added new merch to our store i did include a notebook with this exclusive illustration of robert stack that that friend of the pod brian duffy made for us and on the back it says brought to you by the number one <laughs> podcast on repod <laughs> And, you know, just tiny little print on the back. And I find that, to me, that's the height of comedy. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Number one podcast on Repod is perhaps it's you. Uh, but, yeah, you know, God, Twitter is dying, but we're there. We've got an Instagram. Our Facebook group. People have stayed on Facebook just to be in our Facebook group. And that is very touching. Thank I can't you. believe it. Thank you for letting Zuckerberg have access to your data just to chat with us. <laughs> It's really sweet. Thank you. Um, anything else? We're, we'll keep chugging along over here. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll get to the end of season seven one of these days. <laughs> Won't be this year. I know. Isn't that wild? We've been talking about this all year. Well, whatever. Um, we can't give up on the five, so we're just stuck doing this. If our recording schedule is a little off over the holidays forgive us oh yeah that's we will, true i don't exactly know if we'll be able to squeeze in another episode before the holidays um it'll just kind of depend on our schedule we obviously still have to record patreon um and things get pretty busy and you know traveling and everything so just bear with us if if we don't have a normal we recording will, schedule not, for a little while we're not quitting we will be back We'll be back. It's just I'm not exactly sure. If sure. We'll have, uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure when, but definitely being number one on Repod has injected some new life into me, and I got to keep going. So oh, absolutely, <laughs> I've got to. I've got to be number one. All right, everyone, keep barking. Thank you so much. Right. Bye. Bye.